Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, then you know that this show is all about horror movies and exploitation and science fiction and fantasy and those gems in the rough that I'm hoping to find for you to watch. And today I'm coming to you from sunny Florida. Uh, Because I'm coming from Florida, uh, I have not watched a whole lot of movies But I am going to report on some of them, and uh, in the hopes that uh, this um, at least gives you a couple movies to check out and maybe a couple to avoid. So, uh, first off, (coughs) excuse me, first off, I want to get out of the way. uh, This is the farthest thing from underbelly material, but I did want to briefly touch on Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I did watch that uh, the other day down here. Happy to report that it is fantastic. Uh, it's interesting how that series has gone from... The first one was really good, a bit hard to follow. It took me like two or three viewings to really get what was going on, but it was really it was really confusing to me at the time. Uh, and then two just didn't work for me. It's not terrible, but it was... Uh, even the first time I watched it, I remember thinking, yeah, that was... Yeah. Uh, And then, in my opinion, it seemed like it was almost rebooted by J.J. Abrams. This was his first uh, directorial gig, if I am not mistaken. Um, And I could be wrong, and if I am wrong, sorry. Uh, But I I did think that this was his first official, like, feature-length directing gig. It was fantastic. In fact, I would still say that uh, Part 3 is probably my favorite of the bunch. However... That's splitting hairs. Um, three, four, and five are all so good that they're almost interchangeable. Um, they haven't uh, they haven't jumped the shark, so to speak, like uh, the Fast and the Furious movies have. I didn't even watch the last one in the theater because the one before it was so asinine that it, I didn't hate it, but it was so ridiculous that I'm like, oh, I'll wait on the next one for video on demand or Blu-ray or whatever. Well, Mission Impossible is just continually great. And uh, the same can be said about the James Bond movies with Daniel Craig. Um, Mainly those two franchises just seem to continually uh, spew out great movies. And I'm so impressed with this latest Mission Impossible movie. Uh, Granted, I will say this, the theater crowd was not good. Uh, And it's funny how you can just tell by walking into a theater when you know you're screwed. And I walked into the Hollywood 20 down here in Florida. Uh, It just, the timing worked out good. I'm like, you know what? Screwed. I'm going to go see this movie. And uh, walked in and I'm like, ah, it's a little bit smaller because they had numerous, numerous screenings. I'm like, ah, it's a little bit smaller room and it's pretty full. And I walked in during the previews. (coughs) <coughs> Excuse me, but the lights weren't dimmed um, to the usual dimness setting or whatever. So <coughs> it was almost like the lights were normal, that they hadn't dimmed them enough. And 
I just looked at the crowd and there was this murmur through the whole crowd and you just when you walk in and you just you just know they're all spaced out perfectly to where there's no real good seats by yourself and that murmur echoes through the whole theater so I'm like well screw it so what am I going to do well there was a, a I could have sat right in the very 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 front where no one was sitting and I should honestly in hindsight I should have done that uh, I regret not doing that because one obviously the crowd wasn't good and then two the uh, the volume was not up to my standards uh, I like loud movies in the theater and uh, the AMC down here the competing theater is uh, the the competing theater is booming loud has an IMAX it's just quite a ways away and the timing didn't work out quite right so here I am in an older, dated theater. The ticket prices are astronomical for an evening show and non-3D even. It's, it's so expensive. Uh, just, it was all the makings for a bad experience. However, the movie itself was so good that, uh, that I could overlook some of that. But it was one of those things where... Uh, um, anyway, yeah, I'm not going to comp- keep complaining. It's, uh, yeah, I could bitch and bitch and bitch about it, but whatever. Um, old couple behind me. Uh, it's the it's the usual running commentary. Oh look who that is! Oh my, did you see that? Ooh, oh no! Now what? Uh, blah, blah, blah. that's uh, it's the same old, same old. Um, I could have moved, but why? What's the point? So anyway, uh, I have had a string of good theater experiences lately, so I'm not going to complain too much because. That just goes with the territory. It's like flying. You just know flying sucks. There's nothing remotely fun about going to the airport and flying somewhere. And you're just, you're insured a crappy flight or a crappy experience at some point or another in the airport. Now, for me, it's out of three trips to the airport, one of those three trips will be a complete, complete horrible experience. Uh, it, it never ceases to fail. Um, that's fine, whatever. You know, as long as I get there alive in one piece, whatever. Um, but uh, I was having a, a string of good theater experiences, so I was due for a crappy one, and it was unfortunate that it was Mission Impossible instead of something like uh, Fantastic Four or uh, whatever else is coming out. So anyway, there's my Fantastic. Uh, there's my Fantastic Four. Update, yeah. You see what I did there? Because Fantastic Four is coming out, and that was my segue into Fantastic Four. Um, I I do want to see that movie, by the way. I did want to make mention of that. For some reason, it's getting kind of bad press, and I, you know, it it can't be any worse than the other two movies with Jessica Alba. I think the trailers are, look really good. Um, and I don't think it's going to be. Avengers good, but it's it looks pretty good. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, uh, in fact, I would consider that to be probably the last of the uh, bigger summer movies. And it seems like they're trying to cash in on the same date that uh, that Guardians of the Galaxy came out in last year, and that was a phenomenal hit. So, feels like they're maybe trying to cash in on that a little bit. Um, but anyway, I do want to see it. I'll probably see it down here at some point or another, um, but I'm not going to go out of my way to see it, especially with the uh, 
the bad crowd that I had this last viewing. So anyway, okay, let's get into some actual soft underbelly. Um, what have I been watching lately? Um, and, and because I haven't been watching as much stuff as I would like to, some of the movies that I talk about, uh, I have already talked about on Movie Freaks. Uh, so you can catch it, my more full review over there. But I did want to hit on a couple of Netflix movies that I've been watching. Um, for me, it's, sometimes it feels like I go in spurts to where um, there's enough enough possibly good movies on Netflix on my queue that I just burn through a bunch of them. And then there's other times where I just I don't watch Netflix and I stick to Blu-ray and I uh, get caught up in a lot of Blu-ray. So and lately I've been getting I've been going through some Netflix movies in the hopes that uh, there are some gems. And I had a gem with Creep, which I thought was fantastic. Um, uh, and it, there's a couple others that I've seen recently. The uh, Lost Soul, Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm just looking through my list. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, there has been some good movies. And all it takes is a couple of good viewings, and then you get a little bit more daring. Like, ooh, maybe I should watch Contracted. Because it's been on my list, and a couple horror sites have given it good reviews, so it must be good, right? Wrong. It's, um, and again, if, if you've listened to uh, Movie Freaks, you'll know this review already, but it was a complete turd. Um, just your typical high-def camera, uh, inexperienced film crew more than likely, uh, inexperienced actors that feel hipster emo-ish, and in their they're actually overacting in their underacting, if that even remotely makes sense. It's they're all brooding and, uh, and our lives suck. And um, to me, it's overacting while they're trying to portray their underact, whatever. I don't know. They all sucked. I hated them all. Uh, some, some lesbian girl gets roofied by some uh, guy that has sex with dead people, and she gets... Uh, uh, a disease where it turns her into a zombie. Does it sound good? Yeah. For a horror movie? It kind of does. It's not. It sucked. I hated it. Um, uh, every single person in this movie was terrible. There was a couple good effects in it. I'll give it that. A couple. Very, very few. But uh, people... Like, the actions... that like the, the, the way these people go through the motions... It's not what normal people would do. Although, I say that and then... The same idiots go to movie theaters and disrupt the whole crowd. But um, it, it was terrible. Um, and I'm going to spoil it. She dies in the end, I believe. Uh, I, honestly, I, it's hard for me to remember the movie, but uh, I wanted her to die the whole way through. I wanted everybody, every single person other than uh, the chick that stars in Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. She, unfortunately, was in this movie, and I, I like her, so there, I... She lived, I think. So, anyway, it was terrible. Um, you know, I would talk about Butcher Boys, but if you want to hear my review on Butcher Boys, listen to Movie Freaks. I'm not going to waste any more of my life talking about that movie. Terrible. I hated it with a venomous passion. The Ruins. Here's one that I wanted to talk about again. I actually watched this movie with my co-host, Eric Marner. 
uh, back when it came out, and I've been meaning to rewatch the movie. Uh, just because I enjoyed it for what it was back then, and so I rewatched it. And the movie is now seven years old, and I am happy to report that I still really, really like that movie. I thought that it hit all of the right horror beats. It was uh, uncomfortable, and it was gross and creepy. Um, it was just a cool, unique movie. I like the fact that it was not your typical either demonic, satanic movie or slasher movie or monster movie. It was something different. Um and it was not even really a creature feature. It was more nature run amok type thing, I guess. My only complaint, honestly, with the whole movie is uh, the, the the college kids go to this Mayan ruin and they go up the the temple, whatever. And there's there's these plants that that are growing on this ruin, and the plants kill you. And it's a very very contagious, spreadable thing. And so the natives of, this is in Mexico, the natives surround them and don't let them leave the, uh, the, the ruins. So they're trapped there, and uh, bad things happen. Really bad things happen. And th- my only complaint is how they get there. Uh, a, a lot of stupidity and just dumb decisions get them to this Mayan ruin. Um, however... You have to have a way to get the people to the place they're not supposed to be in order to have a movie, so I get it. But uh, but still, i got to say, um, I think that's probably the third time I've watched the movie, and I really like this movie. I hear the book is really good, too, and I would like to read the book at some point, uh, but the movie itself, thumbs up. That was a good movie. Um, next up, I'm going to hit on a comedy movie. Now we're jumping into... Uh, Blu-ray, and that was actually a Blu-ray as well. Uh, but I wanted to talk about Observe and Report just a little bit because I am in love with this movie. It is one of my favorite comedies of all time, and this movie, I still remember when it came out uh, in the theater, and it came and went I- immediately. It did not do good at all. It bombed. Um, and... Uh, I read what it was about, and I'm going to actually read the synopsis here on IMDb. Bipolar mall security guard Ronnie Barnhart is called into action to stop a flasher from turning Shopper's Paradise into his personal peep show. But when Barnhart can't bring the culprit to justice, a surly police detective is recruited to close the case. This is directed by Jody Hill, and Jody Hill has also uh, done Eastbound and Down, uh, The Foot Fist Way, and what else has he directed? Um, yeah, those are the main ones, I guess. Um, which is unfortunate because uh, absolutely hysterical. Uh, it's so uh, dirty and raunchy and just mean-spirited and awkward. Uh, this is my type of comedy right here. Seth Rogen, Ray Liotta, uh, Anna Ferris is in this. And... It's a short run time. Um, it's, it's so uncomfortable that it, it actually gets to be to a point where it's sad when you're watching the movie. Um, and I think that was... I read that a little bit in some of the reviews when it came out in the theater. I'm like, oof. Uh, this thing... Uh, people are saying it's kind of depressing and sad. But that is in the, the best way possible because it's so awkward and you feel bad for this bipolar guy. Yet... 
it just every person in the movie is just so obnoxious and awkward. This is the the best way to to describe this movie is just awkward, and I love it. Watch the movie, be uncomfortable, and enjoy it. And it's a gem in the rough, in my opinion. Thought it was great. So, uh, anyway, moving on. I've got to touch on City of the Living Dead, and I know I've talked about this movie already on my show. But uh, when I ever, whenever I watch uh, a movie on Blu-ray, I one of my favorites. I like to just bring it up again and talk about it a little bit more, and uh, and and gush about it. And this is one of those movies, City of the Living Dead. First time I watched it. Uh, it was on VHS under the title The Gates of Hell. Lucio Fulci, one of his very, very best movies, only trailing behind The Beyond and Zombie. Uh, and actually, City of the Living Dead takes pieces from both of those movies, in, in my opinion, to create this movie. Um, it's about a reporter and a psychic uh, are trying to close the gates of hell after the suicide of a clergyman causes the doors to open and it allows the dead to rise from the grave. And that is, um, honestly, that, that's, that's kind of vague as far as what the story is about, actually. There is so much going on in this movie. And with other Fulci movies, mainly the beyond, I have to wonder if um, they were purposely making it so ambiguous, or if they were, um, if they just didn't tweak the script the way they wanted, and it turned out that there was major plot holes. But those major plot holes, looking back now, watching the movie, um, are what make it so good. It's almost a David Lynchian type thing to where it's like, what? What's going on again? This is so weird. Like, okay, this is happening now, but why? It Just roll with it. Um, that's what makes it so good. And that's what made especially the Beyond so good. Now, Zombie, Lucio Fulci's Zombie, that was your more straightforward, you know, here's your plot point, here's where we're going with this, and this, and this, and done. Um, and same with some of his other ones, but City of the Living Dead is so much a bizarro, weird, uh, weird movie, and I just, I love it. Um, a couple of notes that I would like to uh, chime in on there on IMDb. Director Lucio Fulci always carried around a bag with his trademark pipe and tobacco. One day on set, he reached into his bag and found a handful of maggots, which had been used earlier to film the scene in which maggots blow in through a window. The perpetrator of this prank is rumored to be Christopher George, the, the film's lead actor who did not get along well with Fulci. Christopher George is awesome. I love Christopher George. Uh, he was so good in uh, gradu yeah, Graduation Day, the slasher movie, and especially J.P. Simmons' Pe uh, Pieces, a great movie, and I just I like his style of acting. So I thought that was really cool. Um, this is the first part of Lucio Fulci's Death Trilogy, which also includes The Beyond and House by the Cemetery. And House by the Cemetery is definitely another one that falls into the what is going on in this movie. I don't quite get it, and that's okay. Um, so, let's see here. Um, yeah, by the way, I had two glasses of wine, a big Mexican meal, so I'm just kind of sitting around, just chilling out, and uh, um, yeah. 
Uh, character Bob, played by Giovanni Lombardo Radis, was originally intended to be a hunchback. However, Radis decided against wearing the hump that was made for him and instead portrayed the character having a stiff, lurching gait. And uh, Giovanni is great. I, uh, I've seen every one of his big horror roles that he's been in. I've seen every one of them. Stage Fright, uh, obviously Cannibal Firo. Uh, uh, boy, I'm drawing a blank right now. He's been in a bunch of them. Uh, I really like him. And in fact, he was in the 2006 remake of The Omen. He was the uh, monk with the burnt face, whatever. So, um, Anyway, this movie here features a girl vomiting up her organs and uh, skulls being ripped open and brains being torn out, uh, drill bits through heads, uh, maggots. It, it's such... A gross movie, and I'm happy to report that it still holds up tremendously well. It's still gross and uncomfortable and weird and bizarre. And the ending, uh, I love the fact that the ending of the movie um, is not quite finished. And from what I hear, uh, this the actual ending was destroyed. And so what you see in the movie doesn't quite make sense. But again, I love what they do with it. Uh, they just end the movie abruptly, which is kind of a late 70s, early 80s thing to do. But it ends abruptly on what seems like a happy scene. In fact, it would all they would have had to do was change the music. And the ending would have been a very upbeat, happy ending. However... Uh, they have creepy music. And then someone screams. And then it ends. And you're like, what? Why? And you just roll with it because it's cool and it works. It works so well. So that's why I think that some of the things that happened in this movie uh, were totally not uh, not planned. It was just it just kind of ended up how it was supposed to end up, and I love it. I think it's so cool. So anyway, if you want to uh, if you want to dive into Lucio Fulci's collection of fantastic movies that would be um, this one here would be probably a little bit more accessible than the beyond but they're all still there in that really weird gross out Italian early 80s late 70s uh, exploitation grindhouse type thing so anyway there are some of my favorite movies in fact there's those are these are the types of movies that have uh, that have gotten me to start my show and just blather on like an idiot about these weird little obscure movies because I love them. Uh, so anyway, now I'm going to jump all the way to another uh, subgenre, and that is the Asian horror movie. And uh, where City of the Living Dead, I give that four and a half out of five stars. This movie gets zero stars. And I think uh, I talked about this one on Movie Freaks. I don't remember because I was drinking, so maybe I did. House in the Alley. You can watch this movie, or not, on Shout Factory's Roku channel. House in the Alley is... I just made a note here right after I watched it. Zero Star is quite possibly the worst horror movie from Asia that I've ever seen. Long stretches of people talking, and there's almost no storyline at all other than some annoying lady's dead kid maybe might be coming back from the grave. Or something. Zero scares, zero gore, zero direction, zero stars. So there is my official review. 
this is another prime example of a impossibly cool cover of some Asian chick holding an axe, looking scary and covered in sweat, and you're like, oh, this might be good. Nope, it's not. It's terrible. Terrible. Uh, it looks Thailand-ish, I think, from the air accents. It was a Thailand movie. Um, but this is literally, we have a camera, so let's make a movie. And, okay, I'll give the director that. You made a movie. And it kind of, I guess, a little bit looks like it was shot okay. But there's nothing there. I mean, there is nothing there. Talking, talking. You could have cut out at least an hour of this movie and had a half-hour short film. Uh, and even that's pushing it. Uh, but, good Lord, is it terrible. And they even put in a subplot with uh, the guy, the, the husband of this lady that's starting to go insane. There's a subplot with him and his mother and their business. And it is there for the sole purpose of padding the runtime. So, um, shame on you, everybody involved in House in the Alley, and shame on you, Shout Factory, for picking it up and putting it on your channel when there's got to be better movies out there. I have seen better stuff that Troma bought and put out on DVD or VHS than this, and that's not even their in-house produced stuff. That's how bad this movie is. I hated it. Uh, so, anyway... Uh, if, if you're going to make a crappy movie like that, at least give us something. If At least if you know, okay, we've got a crappy movie here, at least give us some some gore or even a couple jump scares. Uh, even though I don't like the fake fourth jump scares, uh, it's at least something because there wasn't even that in this movie. Uh, so give us something. There was nothing. Avoid it. It sucked. Um, anyway, so everything else that I've watched lately, it just it really does not fall into soft underbelly material. Um, and it's stuff that I wouldn't mind talking about on Movie Freaks, so I am going to hold off on, on a couple of the other ones because I've got a couple gems here, but I'm running out of time, and I would rather save them for the other show. So anyway, I hope that you've at least, like, might want to, oh, maybe I should give The Ruins a chance, or hey, maybe I will track down City of the Living Dead, which is on... Blu-ray from Blue Underground and Arrow in the UK has released it. Both are solid releases. Uh, the UK version has some great extras. The Blue Underground version here in the States has a better uh, picture quality, a better transfer. So between the two, I would probably lean towards Blue Underground, although the packaging for City of the Living Dead in the UK is quite cool. So anyway, make your decision accordingly. But uh, it would be great if uh, more people would buy movies like this because the more these titles are sold, then the more uh, these smaller companies will release awesome, cool, little obscure movies like this. So, anyway, okay, that's going to wrap up this episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly, but please listen to the other show that I'm on, Movie Freaks, which is on iTunes, and of course, our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. They're always fun to listen to bickering back and forth. I love it. It's hilarious. Uh, you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com with any questions or comments or movies that I should watch or movies I should stay away from or any uh, newsworthy things in the land of exploitation because I'm all ears. I love it. I love that stuff. Um, I just wish that there would be more available on a, a physical media or even the streaming media... Uh, streaming service that has been cleaned up. That is one thing that bothers me, not to jump back in, but um, there are so many movies that 
the only way to watch it is a really, really bad VHS rip of, of it on YouTube or whatever. And I just, it's so hard to sit through one of those. Um, at least DVD is somewhat cleaned up, but uh, boy, I want to see more of these little obscure oddities re-released with remastered um, just to see what this is what the the director of photography saw when he was shooting this movie through the viewfinder I want to see more of that stuff I think that's awesome so anyway um, that's my ramblings for the night thanks again for listening and until next time